In Genesis 19, where it tells of the sins of Sodom, we have a very interesting statement made by one of the angels who was sent to destroy Sodom. When we look at this closely, we really see one of the things that provokes God to take action on this world concerning the sins of this world. Two angels came to Sodom to destroy Sodom. They were sent by God. Angels do not look like people picture angels. Angels look like human beings. So when these two angels came to Sodom, the men of Sodom thought they were just ordinary men. I believe Lot even thought at first that they were ordinary men. They came into Sodom at evening, and they were going to just sleep in the streets. But the problem is, men from every quarter of the city of Sodom came out to these two men wanting to have sex with these two men. Lot knew what the men of Sodom were going to do, so he went out and met these two strangers and offered them his home to stay in. And they said, oh, no, we'll just stay in the street. But Lot, knowing the wickedness of the men of Sodom, was trying to protect these two angels, whom he thought were just ordinary men. So he insisted that they stay in his home, the protection of his home, because he knew the wickedness of the men of Sodom. And here's the important key. They didn't do these things in secret. The people knew what they were. They openly flaunted their sinful acts and they reached the face of God. When you hide your sins, it isn't like flaunting it out in front of everybody. A few days ago, I said to God, I just don't know how much more of this I can take, meaning the sins of the world that you see when you turn on television, that you see young people participating in, and you know what they're doing. It's a terrible thing. We become grieved over it. It can get so bad that we, our love can grow cold for the Word of God because of the sin that we see around us. You can be worn down by the sin of other people. Therefore, you have to take special care in the last days, because in the last days before the judgment, one of the primary things that will happen is the increase of sin. And this wears you down. And the one thing we see is that when sin is openly done, as it is today, It's like waving a red flag in the front of God. It gets his attention strongly and brings his judgment. And that's exactly what we see in the case of Sodom. The key thing we're going to look at is open sins attract the attention of God. If we go to Genesis 19, we will see how open they were concerning their sins. 
And there came two angels to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And Lot pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. That's always attracted my attention when I read this story. These homosexuals lived in every quarter of the city. And we see by what Lot did that it was openly known about their being homosexuals and homosexual acts. Verse 4, But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came unto thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them, have sex with them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him. He shut the door to protect the two strangers. And Lot said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. They knew it was a wicked act. Today, look at what's happening. The governments of humans are trying to protect the homosexuals and basically say, don't judge them. But they knew in the days of Lot that these were wicked acts. We know today if we know the Bible. Why? Because we read what the Bible says about it. And we know what God's thinking is about homosexuals and lesbians because the Bible shows us. It is not that you think this. It is not even that I think this. We conform our thinking to the Bible because it is what God thinks. God judges it. Let's go to Romans 1, and then we'll come back maybe to, to Genesis 19. Romans 1. Once again, it is the Bible that shows us what God thinks about the situation. And that is what is important. And this tells us what God thinks. Romans 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shown it to them. For the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power 
and Godhead so that they are without excuse. God witnesses to himself by that which he has created. We look at a mountain and we say, oh, look at that mountain. It's spectacular. When I look at a mountain, I'm in awe of the mountain, but I'm also aware of one other thing. God is the creator of the mountain. See, God testifies of himself by the creation. You look at the stars in the sky at night, and you say, oh, this is magnificent. It is God who is magnificent because he created it. He testifies of himself by the creation so that men are without excuse. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient. This is God's view of homosexuals and lesbians. He gave them over to vile affections. So it is not what we think, it is what God thinks, and we conform our thinking to God and what he thinks because we're godly. So the men of Sodom came out from every corner of the city, from every quarter of the city of Sodom. They came out to have sex with these two men who were strangers at Lot's house, not knowing that these two men were angels because they looked like ordinary men. And Lot says, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Wickedly. They knew, he knew homosexuality was wicked. Do not so wickedly. And they said, stand back. 
And they said again, this one fellow, Lot, came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men who were the angels put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them, pulled them to a place of safety and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men who were angels said to Lot, Hast thou here any besides, son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in this city, bring them out of this place? For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them, the acts they are doing, the wicked acts they are doing, is waxen great before the face of the Lord. They have got his attention. By doing their acts out in public, by flaunting their sins in front of all the people, they have gotten the attention of God. And the Lord has sent us to destroy this city. Well, the angels removed Lot and his wife and his two daughters from the city his sons-in-law wouldn't pay any attention to Lot. He told them that the city was going to be destroyed, but they, they mocked him, and they thought he was silly, and they wouldn't leave. So his two daughters that were married were destroyed in the city along with his sons-in-law, who would not leave the city. But Lot was put outside the city by the angels, him and his two unmarried daughters and his wife were put out of the city. Now the angels told them not to look back at the city, but the wife looked back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. So she ended up being destroyed by looking back at Sodom. Looking back longingly at sin would be a sin. So it is easy to see why she would have been destroyed along with Sodom. That desire for beauty. Sodom was a beautiful place. When Lot moved to Sodom, it was because he and Abraham, they had grown so big and had so many cattle and so many servants. They outgrew the space where they were living. And Abraham said to Lot, well, the whole land is before you. Choose what you will. So he looked and he chose this beautiful area and moved there, and that was Sodom. Great evil is often attracted to great beauty. San Francisco, one of the most beautiful places in the world. Look at the situation there. Evil is often attracted to beauty. So the angels are going to destroy Sodom, and they do destroy Sodom, the same day that they brought Lot out of Sodom, they rained fire and brimstone upon Sodom and destroyed the city and everyone in it and all the grass and everything that grew there. 
But the thing that got God's attention was the fact that they were doing these sins openly. Now let's compare today with 1940. In 1940, they did the same sins they do today. There were homosexuals. There were people living, uh, having sex together who were not married. The same sins that we see today were done then. But the difference was they were hidden. The minute all these sins become open in front of all and are displayed in front of television the way they are today and are there for all to see and are approved by society, everybody puts himself in the path of judgment. And then comes along this Catholic Pope on October 21st, 2020, saying that they now approve same-sex marriages in the Catholic Church when they're done in a civil court. What are they doing? They're bringing the judgment of God upon this world. This is exactly how judgment of God comes on this world, is by the approval of sins in the churches, by the leaders of the churches, by the people in the churches, by society, and the minute all these people begin to approve these sins and go along with them, judgment comes and destroys everybody, except for the ones that hold out against the sins. And how do you know their sins? You know them because of what we read in the Bible, because God clearly shows us his view of the homosexuals, of the lesbians, of the adulterers, of the fornicators, and the apostle Paul tells us, these people will not inherit the kingdom of God, and neither will you if you're going to approve the sin. Because that's the same as doing the sin. To approve the sin is the same as doing it. So if you are going to sit there in church and approve the sins that are written about in the Bible, you're going to be destroyed with the world. And this is exactly what that Catholic Pope has set himself up for, is eternal damnation. And all of his followers who go along with it, eternal damnation. And all of the Protestants, eternal damnation. And the pastors in the Protestant churches who are approving all manner of sin by saying, no, no, you can divorce and remarry. God loves you. He wants you to be happy. He forgives you. Going along with things contrary to the scriptures written in the Bible. And that brings destruction. When you openly flaunt it, it brings the judgment of God and it will come upon you as well as them if you are approving the sin, excusing the sin, and casting away the scriptures. You bring damnation upon yourself by doing this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. They didn't love Romans chapter 1. They didn't love the scriptures concerning divorce and remarriage, such as 1 Corinthians 7 verses 10 and 11 where 
Paul says it is a commandment of the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled with her husband. In other words, she can't go out and divorce and remarry. That's adultery. Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. Matthew 5, 32. Mark 10. Each of us have to decide, do we love the Word of God? Do we love the Word of God more than the doctrines of the churches? Do we love the Word of God? Do we love the Word of God so much that we leave those churches where the opposite is being taught, where the Word of God is being explained away? Because you see, there's great pleasure in churches, in going to church, in being a part of a church, in being recognized by other people in the congregation, by having them greet you and pat you on the back, and having a social life, and being one of them. There's great pleasure there. But how can we be one of them when we, we love the scriptures and they don't? They fall away from the scriptures and set up another doctrine. So, we have a choice to make. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 10 through 12. Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. A strong delusion. Thinking something is right when it's wrong, that would be a strong delusion. And if that delusion is from God, how do you ever break out of it? During the Great Tribulation, there are so many things from God that come to judge this world. At one point, there's an enormous heat where men are scorched with fire. What do they do during the midst of being scorched with fire? Do they turn to God and fall down and say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I see my sins. I know I brought this on myself. Or do they curse God because of the heat? Look at Revelation. Here are four verses of Scripture we need to look at. Revelation 2, verse 21. God says, And I gave her space to repent of her fornications, and she repented not. Revelation 9, 20. And the rest of the men, which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. They take these molded images and put them up in the Catholic Church, and they bow down to them, and they read little verses that they have underneath them. They light candles to give them faith to pray. That's not in the Bible to do that. They cross themselves 
and I'm not quite sure why it's to bring them luck or to put them in a certain position, but that's fleshly and not of God. I see football players doing that all the time. It's a form of superstition, sort of like it brings them good luck to make the field gold when they are kicking on the football field. I'm, kickers are always doing that. I see batters in baseball games doing that, crossing themselves before they bat. It's superstition, but it's connected with God and the cross. And it's evil because it connects itself to a thing of God that is good. And it mixes everything up, evil and good, so there is no discernment between evil and good in the people who do these things. They add to the Bible setting up religious things in the church that are not ordained by God and are not in the Bible. And these are idols in the church today. Well, they set up these idols. God brought the great tribulation upon them, or is going to bring it. And we read about it in Revelation. And in spite of all of these great plagues that were terrible, they didn't repent. Do you remember about God turning them over to strong delusions that they would believe a lie? We sit here and we think, how could you not repent when all these troubles come upon you? They're probably under a strong delusion of God. Revelation 16, 9, And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. Revelation 16, 11, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. I have many times taken scripture to pastors to show them that what they were teaching was incorrect. They've even admitted to me that they just made it up. I've had that happen multiple times. Yet they didn't repent. I always wondered, why don't they repent? I would be horrified at what I had done if I were them. They didn't repent because they're turned over by God and they can't repent. There is a space of time when you can repent, but every time you don't repent, what happens? You become harder and harder and harder. Throughout the Bible, we read Jesus is coming soon. Even Jesus himself in the book of Revelation said in chapter 22, I come quickly. And yet it's been 2,000 years since the cross. Peter explains it for us in Second Peter 3. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, 
but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But they won't all come to repentance. And the time will come when it's over. And Peter says in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. God sees time differently than we do. We see 2,000 years since the crucifixion and resurrection. But a 1,000 years in the sight of God is as one day and one day as a 1,000 years. So that makes the element of time very different in the sight of God. And he gives them a space to repent. But when they don't repent... They become more and more bold in their sins and flaunt them in front of everyone and the wrath of God comes because of the sins. Don't we see the wrath of God coming upon this world? In 1960, homosexuals in Texas, if they caught them, if they discovered the person was homosexual, That person was put in prison in Texas. Today in Texas, homosexuals are protected by law. It has to be a period of great peace and safety for them. That's an enormous change from 1960 to the current year 2020. That is flaunting the sin in the face of God and it gets worse and worse and worse and it will bring the great tribulation upon this earth and the return of Jesus who comes for those of us who care about the word of God and continue to state the word of God and the others will be damned because they did not care about the love of the truth to be saved. The love of the truth from God as stated in the Holy Bible. The Sodomites are written about throughout the Old Testament when the king of Israel or Judah was a good king in the sight of God. He put the Sodomites out from the congregation. He would not allow them to live in the city where the children of God live. And he was called a good king. So we see once again the view of God about the subject. Concerning divorce or marriage, you have to see the scriptures to see what God thinks. You can't go to a pastor and say, is it all right if I remarry after being divorced? We had one of our people in our church group who did that and he said well my sister is divorced and she remarried I don't see anything wrong with it that pastor does not know the Bible so he's cast the Bible away and goes by his own wicked thinking 
of what seems right in his own mind. If you go along with him, you'll be damned too. So this Catholic Pope, he gets up and says on television about three years ago, I heard this on a, on a uh, like an NBC News report. He appeared and he said, well, I don't see anything wrong with homosexuals, with being homosexual. And I literally screamed at the television, what about the Bible? See, see the error? You cannot go along with their error. You cannot go along with judgment that's opposite to the Bible. It is your responsibility to read the New Testament and to know what the Bible says and to search out the Bible to see what God thinks about the subject. And then you conform your thinking to what God thinks. That is why Paul said in Romans 12 too, be not conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the thinking of this world. They say vote, vote, go vote. That's a good thing. The Bible says if you side with evil men who are going to do something against the doctrine of God, then you become partaker of their evil. Second John, starting at verse 8. You've got to find out what the Bible says. You can't go along with evil of this world. I don't mean you have to stand up in public and speak about it. I have to speak to the church about it. I don't have to speak to the governments of men or protest with the governments of men. This world will never be righteous. God showed me that in Second Peter chapter 3. We look for the new heavens and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. We're simply waiting here till the time that Jesus returns and removes us from this present earth. In the meantime, Paul said evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Second uh, Timothy 3. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. You're thinking it will get better because you will make it better. You are a, frankly, you're a fool. You're fooling yourself. I did that myself for many years. But then I saw the scripture that it is the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And I stopped thinking that I could make things better on this earth. The only thing important about us is that we follow God and agree with the Bible. And we live that type of life. So conform yourself not to the doctrine of your church, but to the Holy Scriptures. For your doctrine might be wrong. In the Bible, it says the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Is that what they're teaching at your church? Or are they performing wedding ceremonies where men marry divorced women? The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. There are so many things taught today in churches that are contrary to the doctrines of the New Testament Bible. 
Each of us have a responsibility for ourselves to read the Bible, and if something conflicts that they're being taught at church, what do you do? If they're teaching something exactly opposite from what the Bible says, what do you do? Well, I can tell you what I did. As a new Christian, I attended a little non-denominational church. They were having entire seminars night after night on the subject that tongues are of the devil. But I was reading 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 39 says, Covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. They were forbidding tongues and teaching that it was of the devil. I left that church. I never went back after I saw that scripture in the Bible. If I see something in the Bible that's contrary to the church I was attending, I wouldn't be attending that church. Now, in my situation, being called as a minister of God, I have gone to the pastors and talked to them when I have seen them teaching things that were wrong. But I've never seen one of those pastors repent, not once. They all have done the same thing. They get angry with me for showing them the scripture. And yet they know they added these things. They know it's not in the Bible. One of them was teaching that Sarah and Hagar are half-sisters. And when I heard him teach that, I went to him and I said, I, I can't find that in the Bible. Where is that in the Bible? Saying that Sarah, Abraham's wife, and Hagar, the handmaiden, are half-sisters. I can't find it. He first said, I don't know where it is. I can't remember. I said, well, it's very important to me. So will you please look it up and have your secretary call me and tell me where it is. He was silent for a minute. And then he shouted out at me, all right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, the point was I was trying to find a church to go to. That's why I was visiting his church. But when I heard him speak something that was not in the Bible, I had to deal with it. I'm not going to go to that kind of church. You're better off not to go than to be there. Another church I went to was a little non-denominational church on a Wednesday night, a small church. The pastor was teaching from John chapter 8 where the woman taken in adultery was brought before Jesus. And the pastor said, and when she was brought in before Jesus, she was naked from the waist up. I was shocked. I had my Bible with me. I picked it up and reread John 8. I knew, she, I knew it didn't say that in John 8. I've read it many times. The next day I called the pastor and told him I had been in his service that night and that when he said the woman was naked from the waist up that I can't find that in the Bible. And I said, where is that in the Bible? He did exactly like the other pastor. He said, I just can't remember where it is. And I said the same thing I said to the other pastor. Well, would you please look it up? And I didn't say it in a hostile way. I was willing for him to prove it to me. Will you look it up and have your secretary call me and tell me where it says that? 
he became very angry with me, just like the other pastor. And he shouted out at me, all right, it's not in the Bible. He knew it wasn't in the Bible. But he didn't repent. He didn't care. It was a colorful story. It got the attention of people. Actually, it caused them to be lustful. I turned around and looked at the faces of the people when he said that. I knew personally one of the men who had done some concrete work for me at my house and I was acquainted with this man and he had a big grin on his face when he thought of this woman who was naked. I found out that he was an elder in that church and I called him the next day and told him what had happened and it woke him up. He asked a pastor about it, and that pastor said, well, I don't know why I said that. Later, I saw this elder at another church, and he told me he had left that church, but he didn't leave because of the Scripture. He didn't leave because of that verse of Scripture that that pastor had perverted. He left that church because the pastor hired a man to be choir director who had been homosexual or was homosexual. We have to love the scripture more than we love anything else. We lay down our lives for that scripture. We lay down our lives and leave that church because we love that word of God. Now those are the people that Jesus is returning to take to the new heaven and the new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And let's close by looking at Revelation 22, because it compares the people that will be in heaven with the people who will not be in heaven. Revelation 22, verse 11, Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates unto the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Those pastors who perverted the word of God as I heard it and admitted it was not in the Bible what they said and they added to the Bible. They love and make a lie. They will be damned for all eternity. They will not be allowed in the city of the new heaven and the new earth, for only the righteous will be allowed there. Think about these things. Consider what you're doing. Read the New Testament. Stop going along with the evil in the churches. Place yourself in a proper place 
to appear at the judgment seat of Christ because we will all appear at the judgment seat of Christ. And at that time, we will answer for what we've done on this earth, whether it is good or bad. And if you are going against scripture, it's going to be bad. Line yourself up with the scripture and agree with God on the subjects of divorce, remarriage, homosexuals, lesbians. Agree with God. Set yourself that way and stop being around people who disagree with God. Make your way straight. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind to the Holy Bible. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.